y'all welcome to something's in the closet podcast um i realized something really cool aleha we only have 11 more episodes until it's been one year of this podcast are you serious yes shit it don't feel like one year (laughs) truthfully it feels like a couple months that might be because of all the episodes that we missed. Shh, what do you mean? Don't bring that up. <laughs> and truthfully, we haven't missed that many. I did the math. I think we're like five episodes short. Of like a whole year's worth of episodes? Yeah. I could see that. It just feels like we do because like we'll take time off for like three weeks or something. It's not that it's not that big or that like huge of a margin if that makes sense yeah so anyway we missed last week we were celebrating halloween you're busy being spooky bitches what did you do for halloween um i went to a party on friday nights that i helped decorate for at one of my friend's houses didn't have a costume so i dressed like a whore and my other friend put makeup on me perfect good enough that's all that matters yeah, and then I went to my parents' house, and I did a bunch of homework, started writing a new horror script for school, and uh, we carved jack-o'-lanterns and uh, made cookies. Cute! I worked Halloween. Of course you did. The news never sleeps, especially on <laughs> Halloween. Oh, actually, it was pretty tame. Like, this past week, like... <laughs> nothing really crazy happened i mean i didn't have like any breaking news last minute like my shows were done by 9 p.m and i was just chilling there for a good two hours until the show just waiting for the next murder to strike yeah it didn't come which is good um yeah that's all i did i didn't i did go to a massive emo festival saturday night though before halloween you sure did Oh my god, I've peaked. I have peaked at 23. That was the peak. It's all downhill from here. Everything's going to hell from here on out. Going to a concert <laughs> was your life's work. Got it. No, 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 not a concert, a festival. Dude, I saw Okay. basically all of my favorite emo bands from high school that I was obsessed with. Like all of these bands that I would listen to on my little bus ride to school in class and I didn't want to pay attention um, or just sitting in class waiting to leave while people were annoying the shit out of me. Like these are the people that I listened to like 24 seven. Like you can ask the friends I was with in high school. I had my headphones in basically the whole time. I think the only time they weren't in was when school started because I was with my friends and at lunch because I was with my friends. Any other time, I was not listening to anybody unless I needed to for both slightly bullying reasons. I bullied popular people, <laughs> which I've already told you about. <laughs> but yeah, I only ever had my headphones in. I had my headphones in all the time. I only ever took the them off if I wanted to listen to something. Yeah. Oh my god, you should have gone I- as Lo-Fi Girl for Halloween. <laughs> Who? lo-fi girl the hell is lo-fi oh the like the girl who 
the YouTube channel. <laughs> yeah, the one that's like studying all the time, wearing a green cardigan and a red turtleneck. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, didn't, I didn't think of that. Damn it. I really should have. But no, I, I dressed cute for Halloween. I was going to dress up as Eddie Munson because I already have like all the little pieces. He's such an easy character to dress up as. Um, and I decided not to because I got a cute fall outfit and I'm like, I want to wear the fall outfit. <laughs> to work or to the festival? Yeah, to work. So the festival, I didn't dress up or anything. The festival, I just went. And then I need to get comfy again because I was in my little fucking burrito because Vegas is freezing right now and no one has any idea why. Maybe it's because just three hours south, there's a massive snowstorm whiteout today. Oh shit, I forgot it snowed, huh? Yes, How's it was going? miserable. You're doing great. My boss at our team meeting this morning looked at me and he's like, why did I have to give you some grief? I was like, what? He's like, where did you come from before Flagstaff? And he said, Los Angeles. And he's like, hmm. Those are not appropriate shoes for the snow. I was wearing dress shoes and I'm like, I'm going to work. <laughs> I forgot it snowed there. I think there's snow on our mountains here in Vegas, but for the moment it is so fucking cold. I am always cold. So it's just exemplified. And what's, the, what's the temperature there? Like 50. <laughs> Bitch, it is 25 degrees here right now. I know. And it is snowing. I know. But I'm cold. You used to live here. I know. I'm aware of the ironies in it. It's 50 degrees and I'm rolled up like it's fucking 10. Oh my god. Um. So, don't get mad at me. Oh no. I saw Terrifier too. <gasps> you bitch. That's fine. I saw it on a date. <laughs> oh, that's fine. It was really good, but totally not barf bag worthy. I don't know who started that rumor. Yeah, we talked about this last time, didn't we? That like it's not ring. I mean <laughs> I didn't think it was barf bag worthy. I just think, I think there's a new group of people trying to enter the horror scene who haven't been in it before, i.e. their whole lives. <laughs> because there's a lot of horror movies coming out recently. Like suddenly everyone has all these ideas and like wants to make a new movie or wants to redo this old movie or wants to do this, but in a different way. And that's fine. But I think it's bringing more attention to the genre and people who weren't really into that kind of stuff their whole lives. It's like a culture shock almost. So they're not used to, you know, potentially seeing a woman cut in half from her vagina to her head. Yeah. And that's okay. Not everyone has seen that before. <laughs> well, I will say Terrifier is good. You're not going to throw up. So go see it. It was fun. Um, It takes place during slash after the final scene, like the post credit scene of the first one. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Ooh, okay. I need to rewatch the first one. I think I might have been 
not sober when I saw it because I only remember bits and pieces of it. You just blocked it out because it was so traumatic. It's just so traumatic. I couldn't handle it. I'm a pussy and I just couldn't do it. I'm sorry. No, I want to rewatch it. I remember, I think because I think we watched it when it was on Netflix because it was on Netflix for a little bit. But I don't think it is anymore. Ugh, I think we watched it on Shudder. Ooh, is it on Shudder? Uh, potentially. Maybe not right now because okay. the sequel just came out, but definitely yeah, was at one point. the first one. <clears throat> so, Shudder, if you want to sponsor this podcast, please. We're two spooky bitches who love spooky things. You're a spooky service for spooky bitches. We have spooky bitches that listen to this podcast. Perfect match, if you ask me. It's a match made in hell, so obviously it should work. Maybe. I believe Art the Clown Hopefully. would approve. He would. He would 100% approve. So therefore, they shudder. Please. That's all I have to say. Please. Before we get into today's story... Um, we should probably talk about the people that actually sponsor this podcast, um, because they pay us. Shutter, you don't yet. Um, so let's just roll the pre-recorded ad. (laughs) Wow, guys, don't you want to make a podcast, like, so bad now? Yeah. And Shutter, don't you want to sponsor us so we can make one like that just for you? Yeah. (laughs) Not at all scripted. (laughs) Not at all. <laughs> we didn't have a set amount of words, set audio recording time that we had to say. It was just so natural. So natural. I mean, we just, that wasn't even pre-recorded. That was us just right now. Every time we say it, we say it exactly the same way. Exactly the same way. Same tone of voice. That shit takes talent, bro. Yeah. So Shutter, sponsor us. <laughs> Okay, so today's story is probably going to be a little bit shorter just because there's not a lot of things known about it, Okay, Um, but we can get into speculations, Um, and this is something that would traditionally be more in your wheelhouse than mine. What do you mean? What do you mean by that? So, trigger warning, today's episode is true crime. If you don't like that, then stop listening. But at least you listened to the ad, so we got paid. Welcome <laughs> to true crime. This is, yeah, this is my shit. This is your <laughs> You're shit. You're more of the paranormal bitch. Sure am, but don't worry, there's paranormal elements to this. So our story takes place on June 30th, 1987, in Boise, Idaho, specifically on 805 West Linden Street, or better known as the Chop Chop House. Oh, shit. Did you hear that? No. I saw you look around, though. You heard that, Asa? What the fuck was that? Who's knocking? What happened? Okay. 
Well, um, <laughs> either I'm um, fucking with that. <laughs> either drunk college students are uh, harassing us, or it was a ghost. Do you hear it again? Okay, so back to the story. So, yes, um, our story takes place on 805 West Linden Street, or better, best known as the Chop Chop House. Hmm. I don't know why, but when you said Chop Chop House, I thought it's, like, probably, like, a really good restaurant. It just sounds like like a chopped salad restaurant. I don't think that you'd want to eat anything from this place. Yeah, but, like, I think there actually is, like, a place here in Vegas called the Chop Chop House, and it's not, like, spooky. It's, like, healthy living. (laughs) A healthy living restaurant. (laughs) Well, I can tell you, no one is living after visiting the Chop Chop House. I'd assume not, otherwise we wouldn't be talking about it on this podcast. (laughs) Unless it becomes a healthy living podcast all of a sudden. Hey guys, here's how you can take care of yourself. We've been <laughs> Don't listen to any other episodes. By health gurus. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. So this home is a beautiful two-story, two thousand seven hundred and twenty-eight square foot craftsman style, with four bedrooms and two and a half baths. It was built in 1910, so it's a pretty historical house by today's standards in Boise. It's rumored that the stone materials used to build this house were actually sourced from a quarry next to the state prison. So that's just a little spooky tidbit for you at the beginning of this. I don't know, man. I'm not really afraid of criminals, but that's just me. (laughs) What about the ghosts of criminals? The ghosts of criminals? Okay, maybe a little. They have nothing to lose at that point. They already lost it, yeah. They've already lost their life, so they could definitely rock my shit if they wanted to. Mm -hmm. Not, like, consensually. They just, like, they would. Oh. You have a a little, like, abusing kink? I do not have an abuse kink. I just realized when I said that, it sounded like I wanted them to, but I actually do not want a ghost to get me fucked up like that. <laughs> Girl, if you don't put that Sorry, on Do Not Disturb. Texting me. <laughs> oh, okay, wait, hold up. This is, like, good news, though. Blush. Okay, so, like, I gave my mom 20 bucks to go gamble with my aunt, mm-hmm. and uh, she just wants $70. <laughs> Wow. Just wanted to let everyone know that. Okay. <laughs> Diana likes to gamble, everybody. No, she actually... Uh, actually, I don't know. You know what? Like, whatever. Yeah. Regardless, my mom won. $72? Oh, shit. Hold on. My mom won $724, not $70. Oh. I'm fucking stupid. Tell her, all right, thank you for the profits. Return it, please. We splitting it or what? (laughs) I'm weak. Yeah, no, my mom just won $700. So, yeah. Woo. 
So according to court documents, it had been a very eventful day for 21-year-old Preston Murr. One that began with him being cited for disorderly conduct after getting in a drunk fight following a funeral. The fight wasn't Murr's only interaction with law enforcement that day. After the bar fight following the funeral, Murr returned to his sister's apartment where he was staying with his girlfriend. While home, he received a phone call from someone reportedly threatening to kill him. Murr did call the police to report this threat. Preston reached out to an acquaintance named Daniel Rogers, the owner of 805 West London Street, hoping he may have had some information on who threatened to kill him. He met up with Rogers and another man, Darren Cox, at a Circle K to discuss the threat. So when Rogers and Darren um, met uh, Murr at the gas station convenience store, Circle K, Murr was using a payphone and holding a bat. Um, Okay. So he was clearly distressed off of this death threat. Um, And perhaps it was the people who he was fighting with earlier that called to kill him. I don't know. During that discussion, Murr said that he may know where some guns that were stolen from Daniel Rogers were being kept. So Daniel Rogers, the owner of the home, was a known drug dealer, and he's 37 years old. It's kind of important for you to know the drug dealing part. So there's some crime involved in this. That's the true crime part. (laughs) Yes, that is the true crime part. Um, Just the... (laughs) Just a criminal. Only Just a criminal. <laughs> the three men went back to back to the home on Linden to grab a different gun before driving around Boise to locate the apartment housing the stolen arms. Around midnight, Murr was attacked, beaten, and shot in the shoulder by the two men he was with. He attempted to run away from the men, bleeding profusely. Murr escaped the basement where he was attacked, ran outside to a neighbor's home, pounding on the door and smearing blood on it, while telling his attackers to let him go. The neighbor called 911 and witnessed a man being dragged back into the home. And when the neighbor looked out his window again, he noticed one of the men hosing down the front porch. At this point, Murr had been fatally shot in the head with a .357 Magnum bullet. So I actually have the transcript of this call that I want to share with you. Yes, the 911 call (laughs) that the neighbor made. That's that's basically exactly what she described. You know, the crazy thing about nine one one calls is like, you, there's so many different ways that people react when it comes to nine one one calls. Like, different people react different ways to seeing different things, and I think that's why I'm like low key obsessed with nine one one calls because I love saying I love it sounds weird, but I like observing how different people react to 
different weird things that happened like because i've heard a lot of 911 calls since i've started working and like you can have this idea in your head of how you're going to react to something terrifying that you witnessed or something that you are in the middle of but then when that actually comes like you might be the calmest person ever because this dude sounds pretty calm (laughs) i would definitely be freaking out yeah, like, I would be freaking out if I saw that shit. I'd be like, that sh- a man in that house is probably Michael fucking Myers. He's killing these guys. Like, I don't know. It's like, I would be rambling off all of my theories to this poor 911 operator. <laughs> this dude gave her the facts straight away and was just like, yeah, you guys should just, like, come down here. <laughs> mm-hmm. I definitely would not have opened the door, especially if the man's, yeah. like, covered in blood. I don't know if that's his blood. No, that's another thing. Okay, that's another thing and why I like true crime. Tip for anybody, mostly women, but like anybody. If somebody comes to your door and they look hurt, they say they're hurt, they say somebody outside is hurt, do not open the door. Like, do not ever open the door for someone who's hurt. I know it appeals to, like, our, usually our, um instinct to help but don't open the door because that is a very easy way to get yourself into trouble whether they hurt you someone else is going to hurt you either way just do not listen to your instincts to help somebody if they come to your door i mean i understand if it's a child maybe um but just be aware of that because like i've heard of so many different stories like that the reason this person got kidnapped or whatever happened to them was because somebody appealed to the natural human instinct to help and it's it's really terrifying so don't open your door for anybody we're smarter don't open the door for anybody unless they have pizza and beer yeah if they're bringing you food fuck yeah open the door your (laughs) amazon delivery open that door We're in the age of online shopping, but if a human being open comes to your door and you're not expecting them, don't open it. That's why the that's why the 70s and 80s had so many serial killers. Cuz someone came to your door, everyone was just like, "Yeah. <laughs> they're here to see me." <laughs> now <laughs> someone comes to your door, you're like, "What the fuck are you doing here? What do you want?" <laughs> exactly. We've become more antisocial, <laughs> but we don't die as much. <laughs> <laughs> there's not that many serial killers we killed the serial killer industry <laughs> <laughs> they've evolved they've evolved oh, yeah. now they use but, the dark they web they use the dark web they just kind of go out and kill random people walking around yeah they've evolved but regardless don't answer your fucking door for anybody <laughs> you my, think that's your mom that's knocking kid. on your door no it's not it's a serial killer dressed as your mom yep. big as bad wolf mom. style <laughs> big bad wolf style (laughs) and then that's when you close the door you grab a knife and you just hang out for a little bit you could call the police too yeah that's probably your best bet but in this case the the police never responded to the 911 call (gasps) what they never responded to this call but even if they did it was too late for Murr anyway so why didn't they respond well, they didn't really have anything to go off of, I guess, other than a man being covered in blood and being dragged into a house. Um, which sounds so like something to me, like, but... You know, I don't know how cops work. I'm not a cop. Um, I don't know any cops. 
So yeah, I could be wrong. But uh, when somebody tells you that it looks like someone was just dragged into a house against their will. After pounding you on your door for help. After pounding on their door, you should probably go check it out. Like, I've been in a situation where, like, I've also been the child, but where a child <laughs> gets a hold of a phone and the only number they know is 911. And because they're a child, they're like, let me make a phone call. <laughs> and they dial 911. Police come to come see what's going on regardless. So why, when this seems like an actual situation, they don't is beyond me. When did this happen again? 1987. Maybe that's why. The height of serial killers? Sounds like a time yeah. to answer a 911 call. You would think, but they didn't really know what serial killers were. I guess. Serial killers are barely just becoming a thing. Yeah, so the police never responded to this, but um, neighbors woke up to trails of blood splattered on the porch, sidewalks, on oh their front God. doors. And they also reported a suspicious brown van fleeting from the home early in the morning so the same good samaritan that called the police the first time called again to inform them of the carnage all over the street investigators traced the blood to the basement of the linden home bullet holes littered the home and the murder weapon was discovered hiding in a cabinet but there was no body to be found However, the police discovered 13 pounds of marijuana. <laughs> Holy shit. Okay, so there's the, the drugs. There's the other crime. <laughs> there's the other crime, yes. <laughs> there's the other crime to the true crime. There was also drugs. <laughs> yes. And it's not even like hard drugs. Well, back then it was. I know. You're right. <laughs> I was talking about this with my aunt today about how like this is kind of off topic but like does do you or does anyone else remember like how hardcore people like adults were on us about drugs when we were little mm-hmm. like and it was always like marijuana was the biggest one like mm-hmm. like they mentioned heroin and cocaine and all that but it was just like don't fucking do marijuana like that was like the biggest one and now we're Turns older it, yeah, now we're older, we're all gay, and it's legal. Uh-huh. Maybe we're all gay because it's legal. Yep, I don't know. That's, but... that's it. There's a connection. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> but I was talking to my aunt about how, like, when I was a kid, this cop, and it's such a vivid memory for me because of how graphic he described it, and I was, like, 10. But this cop, like, got in front of a classroom full of fifth graders and basically described to us how this guy decided to try marijuana and blah 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 and i don't know how this ended up happening but he ended up taking a drug that like got him real fucked up to the point where the cops like went into his home and he was like gutting himself and he described in vivid detail to these 10 year olds me included how this man was gutting himself open and the only thing I remember from that was him, like, concluding it, too, with, like, yeah, so don't smoke weed. Don't do weed. It'll lead to this. And remember all of us just being, like, yeah, yeah, no, we'll never smoke weed. Meanwhile, I live, like, a mile away from a dispensary where I can go get weed whenever the fuck I want. <laughs> um. Thanks for the traumatic experience. It did absolutely nothing. <laughs> 
I can say that I don't think smoking weed made this man gut himself. <laughs> no, it led to some, like, the whole thing with it was, like, he tried weed and then it led to, like, acid or some shit. You know what I mean? But he concluded it with, like, this is why you don't start with weed. And right, just go straight just to the narcotics. Just go straight to the acid. <laughs> yeah. Go for the shrooms, go for all the hallucinogenics first. And then weed's no big deal, kids. <laughs> don't do drugs, okay? Just don't. I didn't. Just I'm, don't do drugs. Just, uh, you're not going to gut yourself, but don't do drugs. <laughs> yes, don't do hard drugs. Weed is okay. It helps out a lot of people. Um, the other stuff is just for funsies, but not recommended. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, they found... Anyway, there was drugs in the house. What else? <laughs> there were... There was 13 pounds of marijuana in the house. Um, okay. And it would be several days later before two 13-year-old boys who were fishing nearly 100 miles away in the Brownlee Reservoir reported body parts washing ashore. Oh... Oh no. Mm-hmm. The parts okay. were later discovered to be the remains of Preston Murr. So <clears throat> Rogers and Cox, the two men mm -hmm. that murdered Murr, were eventually charged with murder. Cox admitted to the police that he and Rogers use an axe to cut up Murr into 13 pieces and place him into clear plastic bags, which they loaded into a brown van. They then dumped the remains of myrrh into the on the Idaho and Oregon border in a reservoir, which ended up being in the Brownlee Reservoir. <sighs> and then they proceeded to dump the plastic bags and gloves in a dumpster behind a convenience store, also a few miles away from where they dumped his body. Dumbasses. During the trial, Rogers claimed that Cox was the one who fired the fatal shot and came up with the gruesome plan to dispose of the body. However, it was Rogers that would be sentenced to life in prison for first-degree murder. Cox only spent six years in jail for his role in the incident. It should be noted that Rogers had already been convicted of second-degree murder in California in 1977. So... He already murdered somebody before, and I don't think that helped his case in court. No, definitely not. Rogers is still alive and still in prison, um, has appealed his sentence twice already. Um, once in the uh, early 90s and once in the early 2000s. Um, and... <laughs> He actually just filed in April of this year um, some paperwork with the court, so it appears that he's trying again to appeal um, his sentence. Mm -hmm. So you may be asking, what's going on with this house now? I thought this was about the Chop Chop house. Yeah. It is. Okay. So this tragic event occurred in this house, and the house has been owned by a James Howell at least for the past 20 years. And this James is related to Rogers through Rogers' ex-wife. Okay. So it stayed in the family. And this man doesn't live in the house. 
but he did rent it out for the past 20 years um and currently the house is in disarray and it is basically just rotting on the street because no one wants to live there because they believe that the horrible events that occurred in the home's basement has basically tainted the land and they think the house is possessed now Do you think a horrific murder over who knows what could cause this house to be haunted, even though it was the murder of one man? Well, see, yes, but I I feel like we'd have to know the reason why he was murdered. But at the same time, it's also like, well, this man was just kind of in the home. Mm-hmm. And he was murdered in a very brutal way. And I am a firm believer that anytime something tragic happens in a place or something in a certain place, that energy stays there, whether it's like bad or good energy. Because there is some places, I can't think of one on the top of my head, but there's some places where something really, really tragic happens. And there's an energy there that isn't necessarily evil. Mm-hmm. Because whatever happened was like out of a lot of people's control. However, when it's something like this and it's like a deliberate thing, like it is like what these two men did was very evil. I feel like that evil just kind of stays there. Mm-hmm. Like you can't get rid of that energy. I mean, even like fucking what's his name? The fucking Einstein. Einstein has even and I bring this up all the time when people say they don't believe in ghosts but even Einstein like kind of believed in ghosts just like to a certain extent because he you know his whole thing with science and whatnot he had mentioned this is very poorly articulated by the way but <laughs> as this entire whole, like, podcast <laughs> is his sciencey bullshit I swear to god I have a degree but like not in science his whole sciencey bullshit was like he had talked about how like energy can't go anywhere it's always going to be there based on everything that we know about energy it never goes away it doesn't just disappear Mm -hmm. and people have energy so when they die where does that energy go we don't know but it has to still be there so that guy who got like murdered viciously like that Mm -hmm. well not even like just murdered viciously like shot to death but also like what was done to his body shit if ghosts are real i'm pretty sure he'd probably be really pissed off (laughs) and that energy would just taint the area that he was killed in yeah i agree with that yeah no, energy is a very real thing, and I don't believe it ever goes away. And that's why we have ghosts. We just don't understand them yet. Or they're werewolves. Or they're fucking werewolves. Shit. Yeah, everything is a werewolf, remember? <laughs> since we since we talked about werewolves, everything is a werewolf. Or an alien. Or shadow people. Oh. Take your pick. Or shadow people. They could all be the same thing. <laughs> every, fucking, every fucking podcast episode we should do, we should just... Like a what do you think it is pole underneath, and it quite literally is just alien, werewolf, shadow people. <laughs> <laughs> what do you whose fault do you think it was this time? 
Okay, so people think this house is really haunted, and a local radio station... Oh god, I already forgot it. 107.9 Light FM of Boise uh, Mm -hmm. went to social media trying to find any paranormal encounters people had about this house. And they got answers. They also found a rumor that this house used to be um, a fraternity when it was being rented and that the frat boys would constantly see blood dripping down the walls of this home. But there's no actual documentation of this house ever being a frat house, though it was a college house. Lots of college students lived here that went to um, Boise University or the university in Boise. Yeah, it could have just not been like a frat house, but college kids will party wherever so yes i very do believe it could have just still been a party house of some sort Mm -hmm. so um i want to read to you some of the paranormal encounters that were um compiled by this radio station the first one is a little bit of a longer one one of the longest ones that we have here and then I also have another one that was, um, never mind. That's also by them. Okay. <sighs> this first one comes from someone named Dan D. We were upstairs in one of the side bedrooms when we heard someone walk up the stairs. Didn't think anything much of it. I thought it was just the roommates, but then we heard it again and we never heard anyone go downstairs. So me and my friend B went to check it out. We thought it was someone breaking into the house. We checked everything out and didn't see anyone. So we went back upstairs to stand on the porch to let whoever was there to know that we were watching if he comes back down. It was late, maybe midnight, and I kept seeing shadows out of the corners of my eyes. I just thought I was tired until B asked me if I was seeing this stuff too. We figured out we weren't looking for a person. I stepped out into the front yard and luck up into the main bedroom upstairs, and the window is a big, black, oily-looking thing. I doubted what I'm seeing until it moved backward towards the dresser, stops, goes to the door, and then it disappeared. I see a mirror sitting next to the door on the porch, and it catches my attention for some random reason. I'm looking in the mirror and see a ball of oily blackness coming down the pillar. Of course, I'm still doubting myself until the little ball gets huge. It takes up the whole reflection of the mirror and the thing just goes through me. It was the weirdest, most disturbing thing I've ever felt. Just typing this makes me feel it again, like ice fingers sinking into my shoulders. Being the tough guys that we were, we ran down to the Chevron and called our other friends in the house to tell them to get the car keys and get the fuck out. I never went back to that house, but B continued to live there for a while longer. Feel free to doubt me and call me crazy. I don't care. What do you think? I so okay. Now I'm wondering: Do 
I feel like that definitely is the guy who was murdered. I think they're saying his spirit or energy or something. Um, but like, th- th- oh, the touch, I don't like that. I feel like if an energy has enough power that you it can touch you to mm-hmm. where you feel it, that's terrifying. That's a very powerful being. See, because <laughs> like. I didn't get no. that it was the guy that was murdered. I feel what like it's think? the energy of the event that happened, especially if he's feeling the hands on his shoulders. Like, what if that was them trying to drag oh. him back into the house like they did to Murr? <gasps> I didn't even think of that. Yeah, that could be it. It's just like the energy manifesting as the event that happened. But, you know, perhaps. And it could also be like the energy of what that guy felt mm-hmm. in those last moments of his life. Mm-hmm. Because emotions are a very powerful thing. I mean, like, I, like, there's that whole joke about, like, <laughs> I'm an empath, so. <laughs> but <laughs> being an empath is a very real thing. And people's vibes can get set off by anything, really. I mean, like, if I walk in someplace sometimes, it just, if it feels like a rough place, I feel it and I'm immediately kind of uncomfortable. And with a place like that where something that shitty happened to somebody, it could manifest in that way. And that's terrifying to think of. Plus, like being touched when, like, when nothing's touching you is fucking terrifying. Like, I don't know. Did, I don't know if we talked about this last week, but I know me and you talked about it, but how, like, um, when I went to go visit Wyatt in Flagstaff a couple weeks ago, I was in oh, the hotel mm-hmm. room and I was getting ready and I was a little late <laughs> to come in to go get Wyatt to meet up with him after work. And I was still taking my time getting ready. Um, there was one more thing I had to do. I couldn't remember what it was, but I was in the bathroom. I just felt something like caress my calf. And I just like stopped, turned around. Nothing was there. Like the toilet was far away from my leg. There wasn't like a waste bin or something. And it was the weirdest feeling ever. And I just like stopped what I was doing, grabbed my bag and dipped because I was like, I did not know what else to do. And I don't know what it was that touched me. It was Sarah telling you to hurry the fuck up. (laughs) Sarah was like, he is at work. He is waiting. (laughs) How fucking dare you make my father wait like this? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> maybe it was sarah i don't know what it was that hotel wasn't supposed to be haunted that shit's brand new so i don't know what touched me but flagstaff but is haunted flagstaff is haunted according to dead files mm-hmm. it's very haunted yep. the whole town's in danger from an uh, alien force and a crazy bride that files. loves to uh ride people's shoulders <laughs> and make them uh do horrible horrible things According to the dead files. See, according to the dead files, listen, I worked for the fucking news in Flagstaff, and not the craziest thing that ever happened was a car driving through Chipotle. Maybe that's the crazy shit that Flags that this ghost is making people do, but <laughs> what about all the dead bodies? In Flagstaff? Yes. My first There's like no- my first like three months at the news station, I swear to God, every newscast was about a dead body being discovered. Oh, but that wasn't even like in Flagstaff. It was like, oh, dead body found in the car on the highway to Sedona. Still. <laughs> That's true. But listen, what I have learned in news right now, people die a lot. 
Like, people die so much and so fucking randomly, dude. And it's, like, in, like, news and stuff, we don't even really report it sometimes because it's, like, different reasons. Like, we don't report on suicides. Um, and a big reason for that is we don't want people to get the idea that if they commit suicide, they'll become, you know famous by being put on the news so we don't report on suicides um but they happen very often um car accidents holy shit people die in so many car accidents all the time like we'll have like maybe one a day like it happens so often and we don't really think about it so like in flagstaff like honestly if someone finding a dead body in a car on the side of the highway it could be foul play but apparently that shit actually happens a lot like humans just die <laughs> and it's god i can go into grave detail at this and i don't want to cuz i'll get an existential crisis but <laughs> you are right there have been a lot of people like that i mean there was a guy who there was a guy who i still think this is weird did we ever talk about the guy who died in hilltop homes in flagstaff because mm-hmm. you weren't there when it happened Mm-mm. but that you told before me covid yeah but i did tell you about it basically the um, roommate came this guy this guy's roommate came home from visiting home and he found his roommate dead and it looked like he had been stabbed to death but According to police, he just took a lot of different drugs. They didn't really specify which ones, but he took a lot of drugs and he was so drugged up that he like basically killed himself and like stabbed himself to death. Um, But it was a very weird death. Like he was like hidden like underneath his bed in like the far corner. It was a very mysterious and weird death. But according to Flagstaff PD, uh, it was a suicide. A wow. very weird. So he did drugs and suicide. gutted himself. The police officer was oh, right, shit. guys. Look at us. We came full fucking circle. <laughs> god damn it. Good god. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, where are we where where do we get how did we get to people die a lot and it's really <laughs> overwhelming to think about. Okay, so next scary story about this house um, comes from someone called Lacey O. The this is going to be a shorter one. When I was a teen, around nineteen, when I was a teen in around nineteen ninety nine, my old best friend's dad owned this house and rented it out to college kids. Over that summer, me and my friend had to clean out the house after some tenants moved out, and we also did yard work. We worked there for about a week. Nothing weird ever happened when I was inside of it, but I didn't want to go near the basement. I didn't feel like it was haunted. One time me and my friend tried to scare people that walked past by shaking the blinds and screaming. That was her story. (laughs) She didn't think it was haunted, Um, but she did have an aversion to the basement. So that could just be because she knew someone was brutally murdered down there. Um, or perhaps the basement has the energy of the murder in it. I'm, yeah. But also, like, you can also just not feel safe. and st- Like, I mean, I've gone into people's houses, and it's like, their house isn't haunted, their family's fine, but for some reason, 
I don't feel like I should be here right now. It's kind of like that, um, it's like intuition almost. Like you're just sort of like, you just don't want to be in that space and that's okay. But she didn't feel like it was haunted. Then, okay. So then that kind of goes back onto what you said of like, it's just the energy of what happened. It's not so much the ghost of the guy who's there. Mm -hmm. Just the energy is very like foreboding. All right, so the next story I have is from a Joe W. He says, <clears throat> I lived upstairs for about two semesters while I attended BSU about 12 years ago. We had a bunch of friends living with us. Oftentimes, with all the foot traffic, we would spill out into the front porch. In the summer, we made a fire pit out in the front and would have people sitting around the campfire until very early in the morning the next day. I'm sure that's where the fraternity comes up. So he's saying um, he thinks this is where the rumor came from because there was a bunch of college students living in there and they would have bonfires. Yeah. I mean, if you see a bunch of college kids outside of a home, you typically believe it's a frat house or something. Yeah. So the basement was creepy and had a weird feeling. We would take people down there to scare them. Uh, We had heard the same story. We all had heard the same story, but I never saw any ghosts, but you could tell something just wasn't right, but it was a fun place to stay for a bit. Okay. That is all the ghost stories and all the information I have on this house. So... Okay, but you, like you said, there was no reason as to why they killed that guy. Like they couldn't figure out. Like they never said why they killed him. Um, I yeah, there's no reasoning officially why they killed him. Um, a lot of people just kind of dismiss it and say it was drug related because the man that murdered him was a drug dealer. Hmm. I mean, yeah, it it could have just been that. I mean, a lot of unsolved cases. Um, cold cases and murders and stuff have happened have just kind of been related they kind of just dumb it down to it could have just been drugs and some sort of drug where was it again Boise Idaho that's kind of far from no listen it could have just been an Idaho thing Idaho's fucking whack whack ass state if you're from Idaho I'm so sorry I not almost... for what I just said but because you're in Idaho <laughs> I almost moved to <laughs> Idaho instead of Arizona. Why the fuck were you gonna do that? Because my dad wanted to move there. The only shit they got there is like potatoes, which yeah. is a great thing, but that's it. <laughs> the gold of you the gods. You can't just have potatoes. <laughs> Idaho is a hellscape. That's all I know. There are. Okay. It just reminded me. Uh-huh. There are several states you never want to go to. Arizona. If you're Florida. a Florida. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Texas. Ohio. <laughs> Texas. Idaho. Montana is iffy because Montana is beautiful. To anybody who loves Montana, because I know a lot of people love Montana, hear me out. Nothing fucking happens there. <laughs> there is nothing ever happening in Montana, and that is why you should never go to Montana. But 
Like, I think I read recently that Montana has, like, the highest suicide rates because it's so fucking boring. Like, it's beautiful there. Do not get me wrong. But there is literally nothing there. There is nothing. Um, Yeah. And But anyway, yeah, Idaho is in that list of places you'd never want. Oh, wait, Utah. Utah's there, too. Do not go to Utah, ever. Unless you're Mormon. Oh, yeah, they're all there. Don't go to Utah. Yeah, there is this one other story about this woman who said that in the early aughts, her family was considering buying this house and they toured it. um, And she said that she just felt so sick about like when she was looking at this house, she didn't want anything to do with it. And she was so relieved that her family decided not to buy it. Did she know what happened in there before? Um, so everyone in Boise knows about this house. They either call it the Chop okay. Chop House or the Murder House. I feel like every city has a murder house. Does Flagstaff? LA definitely does. Um, well, technically the entire fucking city is a murder house. Um... I'm trying to think. I feel like there is. But there's never really been any murders that have happened in Flagstaff. If it's hap- if there's been murders, it happens out in the in the woods. There have been plenty of murders in downtown Flagstaff, just not yeah, recently. Downtown. Just like a past just couple not recently. You know, hundred years. Downtown is the murder house of Flagstaff. <laughs> Literally, that's why there's shadow people and aliens walking the streets. Vegas definitely has several murder houses. Um, however, I feel like Zach Bagans is definitely it, considering he has a lot of murder memorabilia in there. <laughs> yeah, and apparently children were sacrificed to the devil in the basement. That's a murder house. Yeah, that's definitely a murder house. Yeah. Um, you know, the word the came out of a sex so worker's mouth. And you know, Zach Bagans, that horny motherfucker, took everything she said as fact. I was like, I know you were a child when you said you saw this and that potentially you could be remembering incorrectly or just really fucking hated your parents, but you're hot. So I'm going to, I'm going to make my entire museum based around this and charge an extra $30 to make people go down there. (laughs) He was like, you're hot. Why would you lie to me? Hot people don't lie. Yeah. Why would they lie? (laughs) (laughs) yeah and yeah (laughs) so zach bagans is the murder house of las vegas Mm -hmm. but there's tons of murder houses all across the country we should go to every single one oh that would be so fun but that costs money i know and we don't have money yeah but if you guys go to somethingsintheclosetpod.com and click the donate button (laughs) in the top uh right hand corner and donate to us. Um, if you want us to save that money to go to a murder house, just put in the donation note, murder house, and we will save it. So any luck on the satanic gummy bears? <laughs> no. And you know what's funny? Is that I was like sitting here last the last time we recorded and I was like, you know what? I should... Because my parents went out of town. So when they went out of town, I was like, I should snatch my mom's iPad. And I sound like such a fucking child. Let me get my mom's <laughs> you iPad. You got some games so on your phone. <laughs> so I can, like, finally finish this fucking artwork. And I didn't. So 
Um, it's there. She's on her iPad. <laughs> Go get it right now. No, I'll get it when we're done, I promise. <laughs> Tell Ariana that I said you need to get the iPad. She's not home right now. She's out there winning some money, so... <laughs> She's still gambling away her earnings. Uh, she, well, she just won another $25 after winning 700 so I think she should keep going. I think she should call it a night and not lose all that money. Well, um, I think that's all for this episode. This episode went in so many different directions, but it was our first true crime episode in a minute. I don't think that's true. I've been trying to stay away from true crime. Because I have a lot of true crime stories that I could very well tell. But I've been trying to stay away from it, try to branch out. And look at you. Now you have branched out and come into my domain. You know, I just thought of something. You should use your cachet as a um, professional journalist and news producer to get us interviews for this podcast. Oh, you're right. We could do that. You're like, hi, should do that. I work for blah, 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 and I have a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and I have a podcast, and you should join it. We record in our bedrooms. Yeah. I'm bundled up like a burrito in front of a mic. Wyatt's the only one who looks professional because you can't tell he's in his bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> My bedroom's just covered in horrific shit that's on theme for this yeah. podcast. Meanwhile, I'm sitting in here with my fucking LED lights wrapped up in a blankie. With your, I believe, whatever I want to be. What? I belong, what? Oh, wherever I, belong I want. I belong wherever I want to be poster. It's, uh, there's an I alien like, on it. There's a UFO. Yeah, and you can't see it, but to the left of me, there's like 20 Monster High dolls just on display. Oh, God. And my element. For those who don't know... <laughs> I collect Monster High dolls, and I did when I was a child, and the brand just made a comeback, so they roped me in again, except now I'm an adult with adult money, so they can they can really cash out on me now. I wouldn't go as far to say you're an adult. I would say that you're a 13-year-old emo girl who has money. say more so like 15 Mm. not 13 i'd go with 15 okay because even my brother says that he'll be like why do you still act like you're 15 i'm like what do you mean he's like well 20 year olds usually have stuff to do i'm like i go to work and he's like no like fun stuff and i was like oh shit (laughs) your brother called your ass out (laughs) he's like damn bitch you're boring (laughs) and that's when you say like (laughs) i sit in the dark with a little red light glowing up my face to talk about murder <laughs> once a week. <laughs> once a week. And then as soon as we're done, I play Overwatch <laughs> with friends from Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> That's the extent of my fucking social life. Listen, I am a true homebody, okay? Like, that music festival took me out, okay? Not, to be fair, I went a little too hard. Like, my whole body fucking hurt the next day. Mm. I could barely move. Um, But I went way too hard at that festival. My neck was stiff from, like, headbanging for, like, five fucking hours straight. Um, And it took me out. And being around that many people 
also takes me out mentally. And I am the kind of person who, after being around so many people, I genuinely do need to be alone. Like, I need a day, maybe two. I think for this festival, I needed two. But I needed time to just be alone, to process, recharge that social battery. And no one seems to understand that. And it's hard when you're like that in your 20s because everybody wants to go out constantly and do stuff every night. And I only have the social battery strong enough to handle one night of festivities per week. It's going down to two weeks now. I don't go out ever, so... That's a fucking lie. You just talked about how you went to a Halloween party. I was forced. Oh, yeah, that doesn't count. <laughs> I like just... going out on your own volition. I only go out if my friends text me and they're like, you want to go do this? And I'm like, yeah, OK. But usually <laughs> if nobody texts me, I'm content in my cave. Me too. Well, that's it for this episode of Something's in the Closet podcast. Um, if you like this episode and want to hear more true crime, just look for any episode title that has the word true crime in it. Most likely it's going to be Aleha talking about something that's going to traumatize me. Yep. <laughs> um, I might do that next week, by the way, because why has reminded me that we haven't really had any true crime episodes and i forget that i am allowed to do those i just haven't done them in a while you so now i want to do allowed we are a just horrifying podcast it's called something's in the closet what is is it an alien is it a werewolf is it a shadow person or is it a serial killer who knows you never fucking know <laughs> that being said don't forget to check your closet maybe you have 13 pounds of marijuana in there Ha, ha, ha.